go. Another brand new edition of uh, Park Sportsbook presents Stick to Hockey Live with Jason Mertidis. Jim Jackson, the television voice of the Flyers, will be our guest today. Also, Tones Takes will get you some plays, some good NHL plays, uh, good places to put your money, as uh, you should have the Park Sportsbook app by now. If you don't, I highly recommend you download it on your uh, iPhone or your Android and Simply open an account, deposit, and get a $500 risk-free bet to start off. No promo required. It's real simple. It's real easy. Easy to navigate. Same game parlays. You've got player performances, live in-game betting. It's all there for you for all the hockey action, all the football action this weekend. Oh, my goodness, what a weekend of football last week. And I'm sure it's going to be great again this week. And then, obviously, all the basketball, hoops, college and pro. Uh, get in on the action. And again, no promo required. Just deposit and your first bet is risk-free up to $500. And also make sure you follow at Park Sportsbook on Twitter. Follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. There you'll get great content. There you'll get daily specials and a ton more. So make sure you give them all a follow and consume all this content that we're putting out, including Stick to Hockey Live. If you missed any of the past episodes, you can check them out. And make sure you subscribe uh, and leave us a rating and review as well. That'll help other hockey and flyer fans find this podcast and uh, hit the subscribe button on YouTube and all those different uh, channels as well. And uh, again, you'll get that risk-free bet up to $500. And Tom will join us coming up in a bit in this episode. But there's obviously a good amount to talk about in regards to the NHL as the Flyers. They'll be back in action coming up on Saturday to take on the uh, LA Kings. The Kings beat them 6-2 to two out in L.A. on that West Coast trip. Uh, so the Flyers will be back in action. And we'll see a debut of uh, a Flyer prospect, uh, his NHL debut, coming up on Saturday. That will be Isaac Ratcliffe. He was uh, announced uh, today, as a matter of fact, that he's going to make his debut, wear number 76, coming up on Saturday uh, against the Los Angeles Kings. In practice today, he was practicing with Connor Butterman and Zach McEwen on that fourth line. Uh, Drew Lindblom and Atkinson on the top line. JVR moved off that line with Drew and Atkinson, Lawton, JVR, and Travis Konechny, Frost, Mayhew, and Max Willman on the third line. Then, like I said, Butterman centering Isaac Ratcliffe and Zach McEwen. D-Pairs the uh, same, Braun and Provorov, uh, Ristolainen and Sanheim, Keith Yandel, and Cam York uh, on the third pairing. Defenseman Cam York playing a little bit of right side D, uh, which is you know, hard enough to make a kind of adjustment to the NHL game and kind of move to the other side as well. But he's performed uh, admirably in that position. And the Flyers still riding this 13-game winless skid. And uh, it's been it's been tough, and they got to find a way to get a win and just kind of let the air out of the balloon. And obviously yesterday was uh, a big day where uh, the general, president and general manager, Chuck Fletcher, addressed the media along with Dave Scott, the chairman, and, uh, you know, some conflicting messages in there uh, to my ear. You know, some things I heard that, that I like, some things that kind of left me with a bit of a head scratcher. But, um, you know, all said and done, you know, they met with the media and 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 like just like I predicted, I don't think the fan base was going to be happy uh, with anything they said. They weren't going to throw people under the bus. But I did think it was interesting what Chuck Fletcher had to say about Claude Giroux and um he mentioned that he had speak, spoken with Pat Brisson, who is Claude Giroux's agent, several times. He said they speak two to three times a month. 
generally, and they've had he's got a few other clients on the roster as well. And he said, that, quote, I think the best way to put it, first of all, and then he kind of said that Bob Clark is the best player and, and gave Claude's um, kind of credentials as a flyer, which are pretty unparalleled. Uh, but he said, I think we have to recognize that we're dealing what we're dealing with here. He's a franchise icon. His jersey's going to be up in the rafters. And to me, he's a Hall of Famer. Claude has no move in his contract. Ultimately, it'll be his decision. Uh, and they're at the halfway point, but uh, we'll see how that plays out. And to talk about what we heard yesterday, what we've seen so far this season, what we expect to see for the remainder of this season, he is the voice of the Flyers on NBC Sports Philadelphia, and he joins the Park Sportsbook Presents Stick to Hockey Live. And there he is. It's JJ, Jim Jackson. JJ, how you doing? Good, Jason. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, how you uh, handling these couple of days off uh, after riding a 13-game winless kit? Yeah, I mean, they played eight games in 13 days, so it was a busy stretch. So I didn't mind the day off. Uh, would have been much better a day off after a victory or two, for sure. Um, and, of course, I had the press conference yesterday, so there's plenty to to uh, soak in and, and to digest. But uh, it's it's been a rough stretch, Jason. I mean, I, I, I was asked this uh, on a show earlier today. Um, they said, God, it's got to be tough on you guys calling these losses. And, it's obviously more fun when the team wins, but I'm blessed to do what I do no matter what's happening in terms mm-hmm. of the results. I, I mean, we got to go on the road for the first time all year and just to be in the arena and call games to me is a blessing. So uh, I never, ever want to say, oh, this is terrible having to call these games. It never really is for me. Would I rather be calling flyer victories? Obviously, absolutely. But uh, it's it's not bad even if I'm calling games. I'm just happy to be calling games. Yeah, we're not going to go woe. I talked about this on Flyers Daily about a week ago and just said, you know what? I said, first of all, you're not going to come to the podcast every day, and I'm not going to sit here and scream and yell and be super negative, and you're going to call things out when you see it. But uh, I still love what I do for a living. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm not going to be Mr. Miserable here, and I'd rather try and accentuate some positives while calling out the negatives. But I'm, I can't live in that negative headspace of of letting the losses just – destroy my day every day exactly i mean you just can't i mean it's not good for your mental health no Uh, and i'm also and always have been in my life and i think you're this way too uh i've been a problem solver i I like to okay what can we do to get this thing turned around as opposed to you know wow this has been awful um it's been awful obviously 13 straight losses you can't you can't sugarcoat that but uh what are the positives how can they get themselves out of this uh where are we looking at in the future? And of course, that was what a lot of what yesterday was about. Yeah, let me ask you before we kind of get to yesterday. I, I've said this a lot on the podcast and here and on Flyers Daily that they have to figure out JJ what what they can get out of this season from a positive standpoint because there is so much runway left that you can't just sit there and go, okay, it's a failed season. But you have to find a way to get something from it, learn from it. A, B, get something good from it. And maybe that's, you know, seeing players like York and uh, can't, you know, a guy like, you know, obviously Cam York or Morgan Frost. Now we're going to see Isaac Ratcliffe make his debut on Saturday, seeing those guys take the next steps. And then maybe even seeing guys like Kevin Hayes come back and get his body back to where it's, you know, no scar tissue and he can move well again and all those things. You got to find those positive elements or else you can't make this season a total waste. Yeah. I mean, it's happened quickly where we've gone from, what is it going to take to make the playoffs to what are we looking at moving to next season? But you look at the standings, the reality, the grim reality is there. 
So you have to do that. But the, the good thing is there are building blocks. I mean, at the start of this season, we were not talking about this team being awful. It's not the Buffalo Sabres, you know, so there have to be building blocks. And there are. You have one in net. And I'll be very interested to see how Carter Hart handles the second half of this season. Last year, no no secret, he even admits it. You know, he kind of fell apart mentally as, as the losses piled up. I'm happy this year to say that he's still hanging in there and playing solidly, even as the losses are piling up. So I think he's reacted this year better than he did last year mentally to, to the situation. And he's going to have to, hopefully there's going to be more wins, obviously, but he's going to have to continue to push on here over the final uh, almost half of the season. So I'll be interested in seeing that. Um, also, I want to see, you mentioned the young guys for sure, Cam York, Morgan Frost, uh, Radcliffe and all the young guys that 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 come up with as Amula comes up or we see Sandine again or some of these guys, all those people for sure. But I also think that the they're not they're no longer young guys. They're now middle-aged guys. Yeah. But I want to see Travis Konechny show me that he is a consistent 25 to 30 goal scorer. I want to see Travis Sanheim show me that he is absolutely a top four defenseman. Because there are there have been times where Travis Sanheim to me has not looked like a top four defenseman. And there have been times where he looks like a top two defenseman. So yeah. uh, what Travis Sanheim do we have? So even though they've been with us, Jason, a long time, some of these so-called young veterans that are now actually by hockey age, middle-aged veterans, um, Ivan Provorov, uh, they, they still have things to prove. So uh, I'll be interested in that. And as you say, the injured players, um, I'm not sure 100%. Who's coming back? I mean, Ryan Ellis is still not skating. Sean Couturier skated today. That would indicate to me that he's hoping to play again this year. Kevin Hayes, I know he said he's hoping to play again this year. Um, so Joel Farabee, certainly those guys. So, um, yeah, we want to see them and, and and have them get going. But And and above and beyond all this, the final point on this, Jason, is winning makes everything seem better. So yeah. you don't want this team to tank for Shane Wright or whatever. You 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 don't want this because tanking. I'm a firm disbeliever in it. First of all, the whole process and all that stuff. I just the losers mentality. Yeah, I, and I and I think that stays with an organization. Yeah. So you want to build some winning habits. Mike Yo talked about this today. Um, you know that they went through some tough things last year that kind of I think stuck with them from a mental standpoint. They got to get past that and get that winning mentality back. So, yeah, I think the second half is about some W's, not to make the playoffs. I don't think they can. I mean, it would take a miracle, but you got to get back to having a winning philosophy, a winning atmosphere, a winning culture. Yeah, because I, I, I agree with you. You know, a lot of people, and you see it on social media, and social media is the cesspool of the world, but anyway. Um, but you see it. People say, uh, just just lose out, tank, total teardown, rebuild. And I've yet to get a response, JJ, from somebody that shows me where that's worked. Because while some teams can acquire talent, and you look at Edmonton, who's not going to make the playoffs, and they have two of the best players on planet Earth. Um, I look at teams like Buffalo, who hasn't made the playoffs and is drafted at the top of the draft, and now they lose Eichel as well to boot. Uh, but And, I mean, even look at teams like Carolina for years, until they got Sebastian Ajo, about eight years in. So I say to people that it's easy to say you want that total teardown and rebuild and let's suck to get better. But can, do you have the stomach to live it with no guarantee on the other side? Zero guarantee. Right. As a matter of fact, I mean, even look at a team like Colorado. They it, 10 years it's been for them that they tore it down. Yeah, they got McKinnon. They got McCard. They may finally be better now, but literally eight years until they were even relevant again. 
Yeah, people point to two examples I hear when they say tank and Pittsburgh's one. But, yeah. I mean, you don't get Malkin and Crosby back-to-back uh, -back, uh, players of that ilk very often, all right? Yeah. And they also, by, oh, by the way, got Marc-Andre Fleury. And, and oh, by the way, uh, they, they were bad for five years, and it, it did work in that case. Although yeah. I, I do want to point out to people that after they won their first cup, they went a long time before they won the next cup. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of people saying, wow, you know, the Sidney Crosby era was going to be one cup. And then they came, then it came back, back to back kind of as after concussion part of his career, where he's just been amazing again. And then the other example they use is the Rangers who've made this very quick turnaround, but their top two picks, the, the Kako and Lafreniere, they, they have virtually nothing to do with the fact that the Rangers are as good as they are right now. Shesterkin and Zabanajad and, and Kreider and these players have as much to do with the Rangers being where they are now as the young players they got because they were bad for a couple of years. So oh, not to mention Panarin and Adam yeah, Fox who yeah. wanted to play in New York. Exactly. The Fox example, the best, right? Yeah. Uh, because, uh, you know, he, he wasn't drafted by, by the Rangers and neither was Panarin. Panarin wasn't drafted at all. Um, so yeah, I, I, the fact that a couple teams did go down low and then come back up, uh, doesn't mean you pointed to so many examples of teams that didn't. So there's no guarantee, as you said, absolutely no guarantee. It, it will get you high draft picks, but the Flyers had a second overall draft pick. How did that go? Yeah. I mean, you just – you don't know with these drafts. Kale McCarr, uh, Haskinen, uh, Patterson all came in after Ishir and Patrick. All three of those are probably going to be better players than the first two. Ishir is a solid player, but is he a first overall? I don't think so. And Nolan Patrick's had all kinds of issues. So um, it, it's no – there's just no guarantee. So I would never tank. That, that's just – and I, I think it does leave scars from a mentality standpoint and the players that are here. So, uh, no, they should be trying to win games. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, you look at the top of this year's draft and Shane Wright's there. And uh, while he's going to could be a, a really good NHL player, he's not Connor McDavid. He's not Austin Matthews, not a generational per se talent, more of a more of kind of like a Sean Couturier type mold player. Right. Uh, not that, hey, you got you love to have those kind of guys. Right. But. He's not a guy that's going to come in and lift butts out of the seat. Were, were you surprised that Chuck said we don't have enough high-end talent um, and the way to get that is through the draft? I was surprised because you just don't see general managers of teams. And he's been here now three years, right? So it's not, yeah. not a newcomer to this team anymore who will be honest enough to say that. Uh, yeah. So I was surprised. Uh, I, I still think in looking back at this season, and it sounds like an excuse, but I mean, there's just been too many injuries. I, there's just no way, and and not just the amount, which is tremendous. Really, if you can count uh, Lazinski and Moran, there's ten players that would be playing right now, or at least would be on the team or uh, high level minor league as a possible call up, that are unavailable to the team right now. Uh, and five of them are centers, and one of them's a top pair defenseman. Yeah, I mean, you, there, there's not a team outside of Pittsburgh. They had a ton of injuries to key people and a lot of injuries, and they somehow kept their team afloat. Um, Mike Sullivan is a tremendous coach. Let's get that right out of the way. But I mean, they, they there's just not many teams that could have this many injuries and 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 survive. So let's go back to the start of the year. That team was good enough to make the playoffs, absolutely. And I'm a firm believer in once you're in the playoffs, you have a chance, as Montreal showed last year. Is, yep. you know, we can go right down the list in the NHL. If you get in the playoffs, you have a chance to win the Cup. This team definitely had a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, they had enough talent, high-end talent, middle-range talent, young talent, 
goaltender. They had enough talent to make the playoffs. But they've had one game this year where Sean Couturier, Kevin Hayes, and Ryan Ellis all played. One game. It was Hayes' first game of the year, Ellis' last. Yeah. Couturier was a shell of himself already at that point. Yeah, uh, that's the other thing people have to figure in. Hayes has played games, but he's never been right. And Sean Couturier wasn't right from early on. And Ellis wasn't right. He got hurt in the last preseason game. So they really haven't had those three players all year, to be honest with you. Not the yeah. players that they expected to have. Um, and that's pretty tough. Your top two centers and a top pair of defensemen right there. You just take those three players alone away. And now I'm not sure they're a playoff team anymore. I still think they could win some games, but you take those three away completely for the whole year. And you take the top three players or three of the top players away from any team, even Colorado, as talented as they are, they're not going to be as good. Now they might still make the playoffs. But they're going to be as good. So the injuries are to me, it sounds like an excuse, but they are the number one factor. It's a reality. Yes, the number of them and also the, the, the people that they lost. And then I you can say, and I think this is what Chuck was alluding to, that they do lack a, a certain amount of depth in the organization. And that has shown with these injuries because they've moved players up, but not all of them have made any kind of impact. I mean, you have a Jerry Mayhew who's making some kind of impact, but you don't have enough of those kind of guys. So maybe they lack some organizational depth. Um, but the high-end talent, a lot of it got injured. Um, did they have enough of it? Maybe not. I mean, because Pittsburgh somehow found a way. I mean, Evan Rodriguez comes out of nowhere to be as good as he is. Uh, it's funny how guys play with Crosby and they tend somehow tend to yeah. be really good. <laughs> uh, but Rainmaker. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, I, I mean, I, that's where I'm at with this. I mean, I think this team was going to be, if not a playoff team, seriously a contender for a playoff spot. And the injuries did take that away. Now, could they've had more organizational depth? That's one. And the other thing, Jason, sometimes when teams are decimated by injury, they're able to hang on simply because the coaching staff's able to rein things in. Maybe you go into a, a trapping system. You just dummy the game down. And, and uh, you know, you, you try to win games two to one. We've seen it happen with the Devils in the past. I don't think Mike Sullivan actually did that. The Penguins played their same system, although some of their their lines, beyond when Crosby or Malkin are playing, those other lines did really go into a defensive system. Um, the Flyers didn't really do that. A.V. didn't really change his system too much. Yeah. Tried to keep the system the same. It didn't work. And Mike Yo, I can't, I can't give you any grade on Mike Yo. He comes in in the middle of five games in seven days with no practices. And then finally, after that, got a couple practices, and the team actually – Went on a seven-game point streak, 5-0-2, and, and then COVID hits. Yeah. And they couldn't win the first two or three games of this current 13-game streak because they shouldn't have been playing them, to be honest with you. The Pittsburgh yeah. game never should have been played. They didn't have enough NHL-level players. So this streak started, in my mind, because of that. And then once they got into it, they got some of the COVID players back. How right they were, I don't know. But other players started getting injured. And it's just snowballed from there. I can't put any of this on Mike Yo. He hasn't had time until now, this next couple of weeks, to have any kind of consistent practices with the team. And hopefully he'll get some players back and have at least some health. And then maybe we can judge Mike Yo. But I can't really go there with Mike. He hasn't had a chance. He really hasn't. Yeah, what a he's got just a horrible hand to be, that he was dealt. I mean, he literally had three practices in his first 27 days as the coach. 
And, you, and who did he have to practice with? I mean, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the other part. I mean, I found him to be in, like incredibly transparent and honest yeah. in, in his availabilities. And, um, you know, I think, he, I think he's a guy that just is, is in a bad situation and they're going to have to figure out who the next coach is because it's, you know, they, JJ, they probably have to go with a semi high profile coach again because, um, but, but it all depends on what this team is going to be. You know, one of the things that I asked Chuck and Flyers daily after his media availability when I might one on one with them was, you know, what is the identity of the team? What do you want the identity of the team to be? They kind of went from that Broad Street bully thing and everybody was like, they got to evolve. And, it, and it's almost like they overcorrected the steering wheel. Right. And they went from being the toughest team in the league to overcorrecting and not being nearly tough enough. Um, going forward, you know, we're going to see some turnover. Maybe Giroux's not here. Yeah, Justin Braun could get moved. There's other players that could get moved here as well. Uh, you know, what what should the identity of this team be, knowing that you're going to have Couturier back, he's going to have that new contract kick in, Kevin Hayes, hopefully a healthy Ryan Ellis at uh, some point either this year or next. What should that identity and how should they assemble this group and who are the right candidates to coach that group? Well, it's going to have to be an identity that includes a stronger mental team. Mentally, they have to be stronger totally because uh, they 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 just don't face adversity very well. Um, and, and it's kind of ironic because the captain of the team, when things aren't going well, is as frustrated and really tries to push hard as anybody, but it just doesn't seem like it carries on to everybody else. Um, uh, so... Uh, because this has been a problem, not not since they lost all the players because of injury. It was a problem last year, too, mm-hmm. um, when they give up a goal or even when they score a goal and they give up a goal right after that. It's like you got to stay with the stay with the program, stay with the process. So that's got to be part of whatever identity they come up with. Um, the toughness thing. I mean, they added Ristolainen, they they added McEwen. And, and to some degree that that helped take care of that to some degree, I say. Uh, I, I don't necessarily look at the Flyers and say they have to get bigger and stronger. Uh, it, it always helps to have some size and to have some grinders for sure. Uh, but the NHL is about speed now. It really is. It's about skill. You do have to have that element. It's Tampa approved. They didn't yeah. win the cup until they got the – but you also have to have high-end, really good skill. Talent. And I wouldn't mind seeing the Flyers get back to drafting more speed uh, they, they've they've drafted a lot of players in the last couple of years up until this year uh, with, the, you know, the second round of this year was about speed. But the, the drafts, probably the previous four or five years, they were all high IQ players, good two way players, uh, defensemen, obviously. But we didn't see a lot of injection of speed into the organization. And I, so I, I wouldn't mind I, I, people are talking about getting tougher. I wouldn't mind seeing the team get faster. So, yeah. Um, uh, that would be where I would go. Yes, you have to have the sandpaper. I don't know if they're going to re-sign Ristolainen. If they don't, that becomes a tough trade, right? They yeah. they gave up a lot for one year for a uh, rental and a throwaway year, right? And McEwen, I'd love to keep him because I think he 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 knows his role and I think he can play it. So, uh, and then you know you have a couple other guys that can grind it out. Uh, but the speed thing and and guys who can play top six minutes up front with speed, they're not as easy to find maybe. So if, if they can somehow do that, uh, I think that would, would help. But identity-wise, they just got to be hard to play against. You want to be smart and obviously be able to to uh, to play two-way hockey. They have the goaltender, I do believe, in Carter Hart. That's a big thing. We know that here in Philadelphia. So uh, there are building blocks. You know, Joel Farabee looks to me to be a, a really good player for a long time. 
I think Cam York, I, I think when used properly, is is going to be a really good player. So they have some young building blocks. They have some middle-aged building blocks for sure. They have a guy who probably, if Drew leaves, will be captain in Couturier, I imagine. Um, so it's not like the cupboards bare. This does not, and this is what I think they were trying to say in the press conference yesterday. This does not have to be a, a tear down and take five years to build back up uh, because I think there's building blocks here right now, but they're going to have to do some, tinkering for sure and with their cap situation you know how much tinkering can they do yeah that's the thing when when you're in it and we're in this 13 game winless skid and there was a 10-1 earlier a 10 game winless skid earlier this year when you're in it you feel like you're just a galaxy away absolutely but the nhl changes really fast with some savvy moves and, and some changes and you know jj it's weird because usually goaltending if you know, we saw last year they finished two games over hockey 500 last year. Like as dreadful and as ugly as that was last year, they the record wasn't hideous like it looked on the ice. And you go, okay, if they can shave their goals against average and they can get some bounce back goaltending. And for the most part, they've definitely got that with Carter. For the most part, they've gotten that with Jones. He's been an upgrade over Brian Elliott. Um, and usually that's something that's going to buoy a team's record and buoy them in the standings. But it just hasn't been because this team just struggles to score so much. And I think it's your point about speed and they, they just can't seem to score goals easily. Every goal that they score seems like they've got to work so hard and empty the tank for every goal they get. And sometimes you have to have to get some good, easy goals off the rush, per se. And yeah. they just don't get that. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, especially during this stretch, oh. they haven't scored more than three goals in the whole stretch and they've scored two or less in a majority of them. So, um, you know, they even got some puck luck the other night, right? A couple of goals that bounce in early and you think maybe, maybe the tie's going to turn a little. And then it just took for, it took everything. And Jerry Mayhew spectacular effort to get the third goal. And that kind of was, uh, that game was so symbolic of the whole stretch because they had a great penalty kill right before yeah. the winning goal is scored. I mean, they blocked Lawton and uh, was it Lawton and Atkinson were blocking shots left and right. Yeah. Wilman and, too. You know, all of this, all this great, you're shot. They're, they're, they're trying. There's not been any give up with this team. And then puck goes down the ice, comes right back up and it's in the net. So yeah. um, it, it's been frustrating, but yeah, you're right about the goal scoring. There's no uh, people say, well, they're allowing too many goals. They, they are now, because if you go, a long stretch in one area of your game is subpar. Eventually the other areas start to hemorrhage. Uh, we saw it last year with the goaltending, right? The, the big misnomer about last year was that the goaltending was lousy all year. The beginning of the year, Carter was playing well. He's giving up goals because they were giving up so many shots and chances. Yeah. Um, eventually though, he, he cracked and Elliot actually played well early on too. They, they both kind of cracked as the year went along. Got overwhelmed. Right. And I'm hoping that doesn't happen this year. And so far, it hasn't from the goaltending standpoint, but it has, I think, defensively uh, a little bit here during this streak because they're just not scoring. You you can't possibly win 3-2, you know, every night, 2-1, 3-2. You, you yeah. got to have a night where you score four or five goals. And, you know, and, and it's got to be more than once every month. So, yes, they do need, I think, to find scores. They have one in Forster if he, he can stay healthy. He's the kind of gunner that's going to score some goals at the NHL level. I'm pretty sure that I think Cam Atkinson was a great pickup. I don't think, I don't think there's anything I've seen from Cam Atkinson that I can say was 
below what I expected. I mean, he is as advertised and better, right? Uh, so those kind of players they need. Those are those are guys that just know how to score. Yeah. Um, and that I think they need a couple more of those, quite frankly. And yeah. Joe Kirby might very well be another one in the making. So it's not like they, you know, that they're not out there. Forster again could be part of the mix if he can stay healthy. So we'll see. But I think through the draft or through a trade or free agency, probably they're going to have to find uh, offensive weapons, hopefully with speed, but offensive weapons. Uh, I think to me is the biggest thing. People are going to say the defense is a mess. Well, if Ryan Ellis plays this year, I'll take. Uh, you look around, Jason, when, I, when I'm doing the rosters for these teams, the Flyers are playing the five and six on most teams are not very good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're journeymen. five and six. <laughs> yeah, they're mostly journeymen. So everyone looks at the Flyers and say, oh, my God, they got Keith Yandel, who's, you know, late in his career and a you know, kid just up from the minors in their third pair. Well, most teams, you know, there's a couple out there that have six really solid. I mean, you've got Tampa that's got – they're always, you know, their three that they play on the one side is, is just ridiculous. But for, for the most part, teams have to piece together the five and six, just like they kind of have to piece together the, the, the fourth line or sometimes the third and fourth line. So that's not abnormal. Um, I, I like if Ellis – and it's an if at this point. This injury is kind of a mystery, but but – you know, I don't know if he's coming back, but if he's coming back and he's coming back to play as Ryan Ellis was playing, Provorov, Ellis, Sanheim, Ristolainen, and York now into the mix, Zamula at some point into the mix. Um, that's not, and, and Justin Braun, by the way, I don't want to, uh, you know, he might be on his way out via trade because he's in the last year of his deal, but he's been tremendous this year. I, I mean, I, that defense core is not that bad. It really isn't. So uh, I, I think more of the emphasis really needs to be on the offensive side. Yeah, I mean, Keith Yandel looks a lot different if he's playing alongside a veteran, responsible guy and Justin Braun. It's the trickle-down effect of no Ellis. Everybody yeah. then has got to move up into a position. And, like, I always say, like, the the next man up thing in hockey and next next man up in sports is, like, a cute thing to say. But the next man up is never the man that was supposed to be there <laughs> before <laughs> he was right. injured. Like, there's a reason why he's next and he's not. <laughs> yeah, and the thing about next man up is it's good short term. Yeah, it, it never has but, legs. Yeah, I mean, the next man up wasn't where the other person was for a reason, right? So yeah. there's an expiration date um, yeah, on next man up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, and the Pittsburgh Penguins are an example of that. They seem to find players that for the short term, fill in and eventually Sid comes back. Eventually Malkin comes back. Eventually Latane comes back, you know, when they miss games and then they're just, they're, they're loaded and they're getting great goaltending this year. So um, from a guy who works out with, with Carter. So, I mean, it, it yeah. it's, I, I don't, again, I said this at the end of last year and I got all kinds of Twitter pushback. You know, I said, I don't feel like the flyers are that far away. I was what you were referring to earlier. And now I look like completely off my rocker, but if you, if you see how how they got to where they are, it, it I didn't expect them to, to be missing five centers, and I didn't expect yeah. them to be missing Ellis for the whole year. Uh, I really liked the moves Chuck made. I, I maybe Ristolainen was an overpay, but I really liked Atkinson. I really liked Ellis. Uh, Martin Jones was a risk. He's he's been fine. Um, and and I you know Keith Jones, as you know, really loves Ristolainen. He he didn't dislike that move at all. Um, I, I thought the additions were really good. The problem is they added those players, although they didn't really add Ellis because he's only played four games and they lost a whole bunch of others. So yeah, uh, it, 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 that's why they're where they're at. I mean, it, it's not everything orange and black is evil. As some people have you say, it's a, you know, total, everything's wrong with the organization. It's 
you, you can't lose that many players and not have an impact. You know, I, again, we'll say maybe they could have had more depth in the organization and been a little more prepared from a talent standpoint. And maybe the coaches, whether it be AV and as again, Mike Yo hasn't really had a chance, but AV, I think he really stuck to his guns and he's a veteran coach. He's won a gazillion games. He knows what he's doing. And he chose to kind of stick with the same system instead of pulling back and, and, and trying to win boring hockey, I guess, as you would say. Um, I don't know as if they could have made that adjustment. There've been teams in the past with the Flyers who have struggled and tried to change that way. And it hasn't worked. There's no guarantee there either, but he stuck to his system and it, it didn't work. And um, so, uh, those are the only two ways around it when you lose a ton of players. You have to have great organizational depth or have a coach that can kind of change the system to to fit the, the the lack of talent that you have for the short term with the injuries and hope that you can stay afloat until the players get back. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching it saying, you know, they can't keep running this 2-1-2 aggressive forecheck. They don't have the pieces as currently constructed to do it and have success. And that's an aggressive forecheck. One good pass out of the D zone beats it, and you're caught deep, and they're going the other way. Yeah. And it, it was just like, man, why? You know, systems for coaches, they're, we call them systems, but they're religion. So it's, yeah. I guess it's harder to change than to just saying, hey, let's do, let's, you know, play a, a, a one, two, two, and, you know, and be a little bit more passive. But, you know, well, you think about it, Jason, Elaine Vino's one. What is it, over 700 games? Yeah. Um, Fourth all time, fifth all time. Pretty much played that system. Yep. From all those games. So you can understand why he would say, This system works. We just have to get these guys to play it better. You can understand why he would say that. Yeah. Um, But you look at it and you go, Yeah, that system works when you got the right guys to get in on that four check and you got the speed and the, and the four checking ability. But when you don't, it's so pronounced. And yeah, uh, maybe there's a bit of stubbornness there too, but. Um, JJ, this was fun, man. I appreciate it. Uh, good to see you guys back on the road. Um, it was good to be there. It was, uh, that's that building. Interesting. I like it. Um, you know, my partner's a little more skeptical about new buildings. Whenever I ask him what he thinks, he says it's a new building. Um, I liked it. I mean, uh, there's it, it, you know, all the, once you're settled in and looking at the ice, they all look the same, but the the concourse and everything, I took a quick tour. Uh, I like it. It's nice. It's hey. The Nassau Coliseum had character, but little else, let's face it. Um, and I didn't like Barclays where they played in Brooklyn. So um, I, I think it's an upgrade for the Islanders. And uh, uh, and it is good to be back on the road. We're not going to be going to Canada. There's issues there. But uh, all the rest of the games, the plan is we'll be on the road. And um, uh, it's just so much fun, obviously, being on site uh, and much easier to do a game. So um, we'll enjoy that. And as we talked about, I, you know, there is something to play for here in the second half. It's it, you, you got to get back to some kind of winning mentality and you got to see individually how the young players develop and how those veterans, those younger veterans that aren't so young anymore, they're middle age, whether they are what they, you know, what we thought they would be, they, they still have to prove some things to us. So yeah. uh, plenty to watch. And then of course, there's the Claude Giroux situation, which we didn't even address. So there's plenty to watch here in the second half. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That evaluation of those uh, th- those Konechny, Provorov, Sanheim is is huge. JJ, thanks for doing this. Best of luck on the road. We'll talk soon. Sounds good, Jace. Take care. There he is, Jim Jackson. We thank him for joining us on the Park Sportsbook presents Stick to Hockey Live. And you got to get the Park Sportsbook app because there you can get the $500 risk-free bet. So where do you put the money? Where are you going to put it? Well, let's do a little something we call Tony. 
All right, here it is. There he is, Tone. What's going on? Hey, what's up, Jason? How you doing? Doing good, man. Um, it's it's time to get Tone's takes at Tone's takes on Twitter. Let's get right to the business here because uh, no flyers tonight, but we do have the Winnipeg. You like the peg over three here, uh, coming off that loss to Florida. Yeah, I like their team total over three. It's minus one twenty-seven. Uh, they've lost five games in a row now. Um, they do score goals at home, uh, almost three and a half, uh, 3.4. Um, Vancouver's given up a little over three goals per game on the road. Uh, they still have some COVID issues going on. Uh, Spencer Martin's getting the start tonight in goal. Yeah. He's 80 shots in the last two games against Edmonton and Florida. He's only given up four goals, but is that really sustainable? I don't know. You know, I don't know if it is. Uh, they have the worst power road power play in the NHL or penalty kill in the NHL at 68.8%. Uh, Winnipeg has a decent home power play at 26.3%. Um, and Vancouver already beat Winnipeg twice in Vancouver this year. So Jets are a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team, but I think they're going to uh, put forth a good effort tonight. So I like this number at three. Yeah, that's it. It's interesting because Spencer Martin comes in. You're right. Uh, hey, Spencer, here's two games for you. Florida <laughs> and Edmonton. <laughs> like, good luck, buddy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Oh my God! Two teams that can absolutely fill it up from an offensive standpoint, and they they peppered them. Uh, your second play, you like Pierre Luc Dubois uh, over a half uh, in this game and getting a nice number here, plus two forty. Yeah, so uh, over a half uh, power play point. Um, as we talked about Vancouver's road power play, which has been worse in the league, uh, they have also given up twenty two power point power play points to centers, uh, nine of them being goals. Um, he has eleven power play points at home. Uh, and he has a power play point in six of eight of his 18 home games. So I uh, kind of like the value here. Um, novice better. I probably want to play this for a, for a full unit, maybe a quarter or a half. Um, but I like where I'm at, you know, year to date. So I'm going to go a full unit on this. Uh, I think he's going to uh, get on the score sheet on the power play. So I like the value here in this one. All right, Pierre-Luc Dubois over the half on a power play point in the game. And your final play, play number three. This is a good game, Vegas and Florida, and you like the over in this game at plus 112. You're getting some good plus money here as well. Yeah, over seven, uh, plus 112. I see a 3-3 game here at least, so you know that'll, that'll be a push. But uh, Vegas on the road, they average three and a half goals a game. Uh, they give up 2.8. Uh, Florida at home, juggernaut, 4.7 goals for, <sighs> uh, giving up, giving up 2.7. <laughs> Both power, both uh, road power play for Vegas and home power play for Florida is top 15, uh, and they both score five on five. Um, you know, uh, there's a chance Matt Spax already comes back tonight for Vegas, but even if he doesn't, uh, I still like this number. Spencer Knight was recently confirmed in goal for Florida, so that makes me like it, uh, you know, even more. So I'm uh, going with the over seven and plus 112 here. Yeah, Spencer Knight gets the start, the first round pick over Sergei Bobrovsky. And, uh, yeah, Flo- I mean, Florida's a team that can cover the seven on their own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they are ridiculous offensively. So, all right, here's the three plays once again. Get these in on the Park Sportsbook app. Uh, first one is the Winnipeg uh, over three, uh, and that's at minus 127. You got the Pierre-Luc Dubois power play points at a half at plus 240. Nice value. And then Vegas and Florida, the over seven at plus 112. Uh, follow uh, all your picks on at Tone's Takes, Tone? Yep, at Tone's Takes. At Tone's Takes. There he is. Thanks, man. We'll talk next week. All right. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. There he is, Tone's Takes, giving you good stuff to uh, put your money on on the Park Sportsbook app. Make sure you download it. 
on your iPhone or your Android and get all the action right there. And if you uh, are a new customer, just deposit, no promo required. Again, just deposit and you get a $500 risk-free bet. Your first bet is risk-free. Use it on any of those three that Tone just mentioned or one that you like on your own. And uh, again, you don't have to put a promo in, no hoops to jump through. Just deposit and you get your first bet risk-free. You can bet player performances, same game parlays, uh, first to score, last to score, just to score, player performances. It's all there for you. And it's not just hockey. It's every sport. You can get it on this weekend's football action, pro and college hoops, um, just tons to get in on. And uh, it's it's so easy to navigate that even if you're not that uh, savvy on your cell phone, you'll have no problem using it. Again, it's the Park Sportsbook app. Download it and uh, get that first bet risk-free up to $500. And make sure you follow Parks on the social channels at Park Sportsbook on Twitter. Follow them on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook as well. There you'll get great content. You'll get daily specials. You can see all Natalie stuff and Sam and Rich Gannon, Mike Quick, and just tons of great. Eddie Alvarez, who does some great stuff as well. You'll get all kinds of great content uh, on the Park Sportsbook uh, social channels. Again, at Park Sportsbook on Twitter. Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram as well. So Flyers will be back in action coming up on Saturday. Will they stop the bleeding against the Kings? We shall find out. And we'll be back Monday with another brand new episode of Park Sportsbook Presents Stick to Hockey Live. We've had so many great guests on this show since we launched. I mean, just national guys, local guys all over the map. I know some people have requested me to get Kevin Woodley back on uh, to talk some goaltending. We will do that soon as well. Uh, Kevin does such a great job breaking down the goaltending position. Uh, And uh, we haven't had any repeat guests. We've just been able to get so many great ones and more will be on the way. Who will be Monday's guest? Well, I don't know yet, (laughs) but stay tuned and find out as they say. And uh, I'm sure we'll have another great guest for you coming up on Monday and Thursday next week. And make sure if you are an audio guy and you're listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify uh, to subscribe, like, and also leave us a rating and review as well. So everybody, thanks for listening. Enjoy your hockey tonight, and we'll talk to you Monday on a brand new Park Sportsbook Presents Stick to Hockey Live. Have a great day, everybody.